We can say with our brother David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to remember, too, that we are in the house of the Lord. We've not come. Now, the things that we partake of here, we delight in, but we've not come to ourselves. We've not come to to uh, entertain our flesh or to seek after things that uh, the world would have to offer. These things are higher and better and greater and everlasting. We can't get these things from the world. It's totally unattainable there. Now, last time uh, we were speaking about this great salvation in Christ Jesus, and we started out with the backdrop of our need. Like, what did man need in order to be saved? What was our deficiency? What, What required the sacrifice that Christ made? Now, whenever people talk about the sacrifice, they are um, most often zeroing in on the time of his passion. But his sacrifice was much broader than that also. And so today we're going to uh, discuss why there is no salvation apart from Christ. The scriptures declare that back in in Isaiah, where uh, God had had spoken and said that there was no God beside Himself, He says, "I don't know of any other." Yeah, that's right. Amen. So, uh, man was to look toward the God of Heaven mm-hmm. if he was going to find salvation. Also, when you find out what our need is, you realize that it is God that we have to do with. We're not talking about uh, anything except for coming to God himself and being accepted in his presence. Now, in Acts 4.12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And brethren, we must be saved. A salvation is a work of unimaginable uh, magnitude and consequence. Yes, Amen. Amen. We, he's given us to see a lot, but again, our focus, when we talk about it, tends to be fairly restricted compared to what he actually did. There is literally nothing nor no one that has not been affected by this work of salvation. The Godhead, uh, there was, uh, the word became flesh. There was a time whenever Christ and the Father were separated. Christ was cut off. That had never happened before. This was part of the work of salvation. Mm -hmm. So things have happened 
and things have occurred Mm -hmm. that are exclusive to this work of salvation. It's a work worthy of and only possible for God alone. It's not worthy of any other being. God is worthy of this work of salvation. And it it is about God, and we participate in it. Now think of all that God has created. Of course, we can't think of all he's created because we don't even know what all he's created, but we know a lot. Uh, We know a little about the celestial creation, and we... uh, there's still a great deal of the physical creation that we haven't even discovered yet. We haven't even seen it all, much less understood it all. And that's the lower, that's the lower part. So you see, there's a great deal that, that man still does not know. What we do know has been by the revelation of God. Now, the greatest mystery is God himself. No one No one can know God unless he reveals himself. He's too high. Mm -hmm. He's separate and apart. That's what it's talking about, holy. He is separate and apart from everything else. Mm -hmm. There is no God beside him. And it's pleased him to give the knowledge of himself to things above and things on earth through means of the work that we know as salvation. So we're setting a context here. What Christ came to do is huge, much larger. We, we uh, do well in focusing on the part that we're involved in, but we have to see that God is doing a work for himself and to his glory. Now, the shorthand of it is that from the counsels of God, which he, and I, I use that in a plural sense, the Godhead, purposed everything done from that point, from those councils, to the point where the word became flesh, was in order to Christ. All of these things were preparatory for Christ coming into the world. And everything from his advent forward, notice there's no period there, forward, is by Christ. So at no time can the works of the Godhead be divorced from each other. Now people uh, may think, uh, well, whenever Christ was was, uh, cut off from the Father. But see, even though their, their fellowship was severed for that time for the putting away of sin when Christ was alone still there was a work that the father was doing in rejecting his son he was doing a work that it was involved in salvation the spirit in forsaking Christ was doing a work that was necessary to salvation Christ being cut off so even at that point the entire Godhead was working together in their, in their uh, several capacities for this work of salvation to be rightly accomplished. Now, the brevity of bearing God's image is a very weighty thing. If you, if you let that kind of settle in your mind, 
that God created a being in his image. Other things bear likenesses because of their creator, because he's the one that designed them. But man was created specifically as an image of God himself. So that's... uh, it really is a, a responsibility that, that it's not like we can bear it ourselves, but we were made in order that God would work with us in that, in that way, that he would show himself in a particular manifestation through mankind. <clears throat> Everything about man has to do with God. Everything. We get caught up in the earth, uh, but... Th- that's why the scriptures say we do everything as unto the Lord, because everything about man has to do with God. The works and the, the words of man, God will judge it for that reason, because we are representing God or misrepresenting God, as the case may be. God has an investment in mankind that has to be put through a judgment so that God will be justified. So you see, there are a lot of things that uh, proceed from this knowledge that God has given us in Genesis. It sounds like just a passing, passing phrase. Let us, let us make man in our image. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. All right, and then people move on. Mm-mm, there's a lot of consequence to that. God is starting to, uh, just like there was a time when Christ actually came into the earth, this is a time when God was in the physical creation starting to work this work of salvation. Yes, amen. Now, <clears throat> Man is the only created being which had both terrestrial and celestial qualities. And he was the prototype for him who would have celestial and terrestrial qualities. In other words, Adam, whenever he fell, and God called their name Adam, so we're talking about all of humanity here. When he fell, it was a total defilement because God is perfect. As soon as he became imperfect, everything about him was infected. It's like a spiritual virus and everything was affected by it. Now, people, they might ask, well, why why did God allow that? I've heard people say, well, why didn't God just stop them from sinning? Or why didn't he just uh, get rid of Adam and and then make another? Mm-mm. That's not the way God works. <clears throat> it's a fallacy to oversimplify the purpose of God. So yeah. uh, we don't want to be guilty of that. But what we do know that Adam... And we know this by because of what the rest of Scripture, we, we can look back and we can see these things lived out. Adam did not fulfill the result that God had purposed. He, Adam was not what God intended for all 
his children to be. And now, <clears throat> life from God cannot be sustained outside of God. That's what we learn from Adam. Yes, amen. He lived by the breath of God, but he wasn't in God. Mm-hmm. They, this is a high calling. Uh, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is to be put into God. And uh, Jesus, see, man was made that way for Jesus. So he could come and in the, the person of a man, as well as God, he could deal with sin in its totality. He, he cleansed things in heaven and things in earth. Yeah, yeah. All sin everywhere forever is being taken care of by salvation. Yes, Brother David. In uh, Acts 17, when Paul was uh, on Mars Hill, it's Acts 17, verse 28. Now he's speaking to people who had all kinds of gods, Mm -hmm. and they didn't recognize the one true God, but he was telling them about who the one true God was. But he says in verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Mm-hmm. And that was, he started with the point that they could understand. Mm-hmm. But that what you said here is that uh, we we depend entirely, you didn't say that, well, the thought is we depend entirely on God. We can't, we can't exist apart from him. Yeah. Even uh, now, as a as a believer in Christ, of course I'm dependent on God. But even non-believers, they depend on God too for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the problem is, at the end, there's going to be an accounting for what they did with their life, and that will be a bring a abrupt halt to everything uh, they had planned. Mm-hmm. To do. But we're so we do, we depend on God for everything. I just want to point that scripture out to you. Amen. You that scripture. <laughs> yes, he said uh, that uh, we we don't need to think of him as being made of silver or gold or anything because he he's a living God, so that's not his image. Now, in Adam, like I said, he he lived by the breath of God, but in Christ, we live by union with God and the scriptures tell us that we are one spirit with God joined to the Lord and participants in the divine nature yes men can make something that is actually unusable Mm -hmm. and no one will use it one of the traits of God is when he makes something, the making of it was just was the beginning of, an, of a yeah. larger objective. He uses what he makes. He even uses like Satan. Mm-hmm. But God uses what he makes. Mm-hmm. So when we are, when he tells us everything you do, do to the glory of God, he, we are being called into 
what God is doing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, there's no, no idol, no false God has something like this. Mm -hmm. That's why they have to have a physical image. This is a remarkable thing to ponder. It, once you begin, and at best you just kind of begin to see it, that what God makes, He uses and employs for and for His glory. Mm -hmm. And when you see yourself in that context, then being godly makes sense, and at the same time, it's very enjoyable mm -hmm. and satisfying. So there are many, many aspects to salvation because of its largeness. But in our, in our discussion this morning, there, so whenever people hear about doing the works of God or um, working for the Lord, somehow or another, there's a disconnect they do, it doesn't go far enough. Mm -hmm. Why do we do the works of God? Because we are of God. Yeah. We do the works yeah. of God yeah. for the same reason yeah. Jesus did the works of God. He was of God. See, that has to do with being in the image. If we were not made after the likeness of God, these things wouldn't even be possible. We were uniquely made for this purpose, for God to be able to actually graft us in, to be united with him. Other things can share his blessings. They can see things. They, you know, uh, right now the angels are stronger in, in might and wisdom than we are in our present form. They, they are in the presence of God. We're here. We do it by faith. So because of our flesh, there's an imposed inferiority here. But there, the imposition is going to be removed. What's going to be left is the spiritual. And that spiritual creature that we have been made in Christ isn't just around Christ or just yeah. about Christ. It is in Amen. Christ. That's right. He is our identity. Mm -hmm. We are a facet of his person because he made us that. We can't see ourselves as there's God and this is us. Yeah. It's like that's the way it was. One time it was us out there. Here... We see things by faith, but the reality of it is that was cut off. That's why it's going to die. It was cut off. But now we are not just here. We are here. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Now that, that is a very large thought. Yes, it is. Yeah. We are partakers of him. He abides in us. Not just a, like a local residence. He's like everything is, is, is grafted together. Mm -hmm. So that, have you ever seen a really good graft? Whenever somebody takes, whenever they do it right. 
whenever it's done, it grows together. So you can't tell the difference what was the graft and what was the root. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the way it is with humanity. Brother Justin? Yeah, Jesus prayed that in John chapter 17, that, yes. that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also might be one in us. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. right. That was his prayer. That's right. Amen. In salvation, what it boils down to is, is the creation itself is destined for destruction. Yeah. And so in Christ, we are designed to survive yeah. that destruction. That's right. To destroy us, he would have to destroy part of himself. That's right. That's good. And and that's what salvation is all about. That's why it's the end and passing of the heavens and earth and dying and things like this are emphasized in Scripture because salvation is designed to for you to survive the inevitable conclusion of everything that's been made. We know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it just isn't. See, Satan has made people believe that it. Life is just about from birth to death. Mm-hmm. And so everything is built on that, on that postulate, birth to death. Uh-huh. So your savings account, your properties, your everything is designed to fit into there. But that isn't the way salvation <coughs> is. Uh-huh. Amen. So that's, a, that's the view that, that is most readily seen by us. This other view, this heaven view, the new creature that God has made, just like Adam was made what he was and then given life. All right. We're made, but it's it, really, it's a, in a matter of speaking, it's a procreation. Because it's actually receiving yeah. of God Himself. Yeah. This new creature is actually a part of. Now we're not we're not saying that we're gods, okay? Although Jesus did tell the Jews, He says, "Well, it's written that that He He called them gods to whom the the Scriptures were given, the Word of God, little G." And so we're not we're not exalting mankind, but we are talking about the greatness of what we're being called into, that we're partaking of this and the work Jesus. Whenever he is seen for his for who he is, think of the glory when when people begin to truly understand how large and how big and how much he has done and how it has hinged on him and that he's brought it to pass and his goodness and it's big it's really big it calls for the destruction of everything that was defiled it calls for the eternal punishment of everything that is going to be called refuse in the judgment. Now that sounds harsh, but this image of God requires vindication. God is not, it's, 
it's a total misrepresentation of God. That's serious to misrepresent God in any way. Uh, Who had, Brother Given? Yes, everything God makes is designed to show some aspect of his his person. So with the creation, men see the new creation, the new person, the people that are in Christ, they're being studied by angelicals that in this body of people called the saved, in this body of people, God is showing higher intelligences than us. He's showing something in us about himself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why worldliness is forbidden. See? Mm-hmm. Because it draws attention to the uh, to the under under creation, but when you, when you ponder that, that when you you know, thoughts everything, principles and powers in heavenly places, they're learning about some things about God in the in the believers that they haven't seen anywhere else. It's not seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. No. See, we're called the body of Christ. Now, what would you, if all of us just sat here and we didn't speak, we didn't move, we didn't do anything, we just sat here, that's all we did, what would we know about each other? Nothing. Nothing. You wouldn't know what manner of person we were or anything. Our bodies express the invisible parts of us. Our bodies move at the impetus of our spirit and our soul. But we see it in the body. It's communicated in the body. Well, the body of Christ, see... The bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the, these, these terms are to teach us what we've been made. Just like Jesus, whenever he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. All right, yeah. in our measure. And as we're growing up into the, uh, the capacity of this new creature that we've been made, we... That should be seen of, said of us too. We that yes that that's why it's such a a, a terrible thing to have somebody profess religion, you know, uh, be you know really active in their their church, be very outwardly and open with it, and then they do crooked deals or. They malign people, or they, you know what I'm saying? It's a conflicting uh, message, and it misrepresents God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the faithless be, or the unbeliever be? So, this is serious stuff. People don't take salvation very seriously. It's kind of like a get out of hell free ticket or something. 
or I said the magic words. I I'm uh, accept Jesus in my heart. And then from then on, you're home free. You just you're on your way to heaven. Nothing can stop it. That's not the way it is. This has to do with God. People think of salvation in terms of just themselves, not in terms of God. That is that is a serious omission. We are of God, by God, for God, in Christ. So there's nothing left out there. It's all his. Yeah. Now there are Hebrews that said the people that fall away. Yes. Crucify the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Amen. And to despite to the spirit of grace. And to despite to the spirit of grace. So see the the fall of someone, you see how how serious that is. It's, it equates to crucifying Christ again, but he, but it, there's only the, only the one crucifixion is the only one that saves you. If he's crucified again, then you've disgraced you disgraced Jesus, and you've thrown despite on the Holy Spirit. I don't see how anything could be more serious than that. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, people don't like this kind of talk because. It'll condemn things that we might hold dear that interfere with this work. So let everybody, let everybody judge themselves to see if they be in the faith. Now, these things come to us through faith by grace. Yes. You were talking about a graft that is done and that the graft becomes so you can't see it it just becomes like it's a natural branch in uh, John 15 it, Jesus says that he's the vine and we're branches so we're grafted into him mm-hmm. and so our life is in him we're connected to him <clears throat> but then there's the warning in verse 6 if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch mm-hmm. now the one who would cast him forth would be the vine and the vine would just expel the branch. So that would be talking about Jesus getting rid of the branch. I mean, if they don't abide in him, that would be a serious thing to consider. Yeah, God is the husbandman. There in that same area, I, I believe, uh, he talked about Israel. They were cut off because of unbelief. But for the Gentiles not to boast themselves against the natural branches, because if he could graft us in then he could graft the natural branches back in. Yes, amen. So there's that other... Uh, yeah, the, the thing that makes the abiding effective is that there's a, it keeps receiving, receiving from the vine mm-hmm. and produce, what, as it's receiving from the vine, it's producing fruit. So it, Abiding in Christ, people tend to think of that only as what they do, visibly do. That may be involved, but a person can't do unless they're receiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're receiving life. I'm the bread of life, so you're receiving yeah. life. 
That's right. Eating the bread of life says, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood," and then you've got to continually be receiving yeah. from Him, mm -hmm. and that's that. Yeah. yeah, that's why abiding is possible. Yep, yep. It's um, it, it it is a it's a difficult it's a difficult concept and to try to explain, mm -hmm. but. There's only part of us that can receive. Mm -hmm. The old part of us that's destined for the grave can't receive any of this. It can't mm -hmm. because it's not like mm -hmm. God. It's not joined to him. There's got to be there's got to be this spiritual union yeah. in order for these things to be translated and transferred to us and for what we return to be acceptable to God. Yeah. The, yes. This, this is, uh, we talk about spiritual Babylon. What, what it does, it, it offers things in the place mm -hmm. of what you would receive from Christ. It offers activities, it offers a pleasing environment, and it's it, it offers plans and methods and things. It offers a friendly society. It offers something that cannot sustain spiritual life. Right. Amen. Because it is a person who can detect this and pick up on it. Yeah. If it's not of God, yeah, right. it won't sustain you. Mm -hmm. Again, this is about us and God, not us and Something else in between. We sing that song, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Well, that's what we're talking about. Nothing between. Brother Justin. Yeah, it's not uh, hearing the words of truth with the ears of man that sustains you. It's hearing the, hearing the truth with the inner ear. Amen. Internalizing it with that, with really comprehending what God said by faith. Mm -hmm. By faith, we 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 uh, we internalize this, and we and we think about it, and we we believe it. See, when the truth is declared, we believe it, and we and we and we and we we internalize it, and we think about it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there there's a there's a diligence that's involved in that. There's a pressing that's involved in that. There's a casting off, and there's a putting on that's involved in that. See, it's not just. It's not just uh, like a passerby kind of a. It's not like an active listening kind of a thing. It's a. It's an intentional, focused. See, it's a focused effort to consider the things of God. Yeah. See, we are begotten by the Word of God. We live by every word of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, "My words are spirit, and they are life." Amen. Just like. Adam was received the breath of God. We receive the word of God. We live. Yeah. It feeds our spirit. It's a, it strengthens our spirit because our spirits and his mm -hmm. are joined. And yeah. so it, it, it can do that. Anything that is not of his spirit. In fact, scripture says mm -hmm. they, that, that have not the spirit of God, are they're none of mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. So that it is a joining, it, and 
So we can't we can't separate anything just like you couldn't separate anything that Jesus said or did from the Father. We can't separate anything that we are or any expression of ourselves from Christ. Amen. That is the new creature. It's the only one that can do that. If you're not doing that, you're operating under the old creature. Amen. Oh, you, Brother Evan? Yes, this is something that recently has helped me a lot. In, the, in particular, verse bits of Jacob to someone who's assessing the, the environment you're in and saying it's not valid and this sort of thing. All right, now... What we do here, what you brothers and sisters do, I pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. As a result, I'm blessed and I'm able to do more for the Lord yeah. and it's sustaining my life. So I don't have to have anybody assess this environment. If this has made me more profitable in the kingdom and helped me to see further and see more, this, I, God's here. Yes. Amen. That's why that happens. That's right. Amen. I say that because other people have a different opinion. Yeah. But well, their different opinion mm -hmm. has a different kind of effect. Mm -hmm. Well, you see what I'm saying? Yes. It has a different effect on them. So you can evaluate the various environments that, you, that you're in, whether it's here or whether it's society or family, you can assess and if you are able to derive some strength and some benefit from that association, that's your proof mm -hmm. that Christ is there. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Brother Robert? Yes, uh, John... Um, 15.4, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. And he gives us a very real example that we can all understand. Yes, amen. So, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, yes, mm -hmm. except it abide amen. in the vine, no more can you, except ye abide in me. Amen. And down in verse 7, he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide yeah, in you. Yeah. This, this is where this is where we live. We live That's by right. every word of God. Yeah. That's the nourishment. You know, the, the example yeah, yeah. is is for our understanding. We know how a vine sustains, it, how it bears fruit. So he gives that example because he created that in order that we might understand That's that right. every word of God is nourishing. So when the saints come together and they share what God's put in them, it nourishes the other members. Amen. It, because they're all connected to the same vine. That's Amen. Right. You know, I want to back up. Uh, Brother Given mentioned Babylon. Well, so did Jeremiah. I was reading the bulletin. There's some good stuff in this bulletin. <laughs> there always is. It says, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Yeah. Forsake her. And let us go, every one, to his own country. For her judgment reacheth unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. So that's, yeah, whenever you were speaking about uh, partaking, uh, we. Some people will say, well, this wasn't profitable. I wasn't getting anything. 
Well, that depends on what your what your objective is. If your objective is to produce fruit, mm -hmm. see, it's not what what you think you feel better than. That's not it. Is are you producing fruit? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, and fruit, in its broad expression, is godliness. And it's fruit to God. Exactly. Yeah. It's not fruit for our, our co co brothers and sisters. It's yeah. fruit for God, yes. and God is the one that distributes that fruit. Amen. Yes, and because we are of God together, that fruit does it, it does have a, a very healthful and beneficial effect Amen. in us and on us. So there's a, a blessing to be had in everything that the Lord gives. Amen. He's good. And, uh, but that is, that is the fruit, godliness in every, in, right. in whatever God has given us, wherever God has put us, godliness is the, is the stamp on our words and our deeds yeah. and our works. Yeah. And so we are diligent to do the things that God has put in us mm -hmm. that's fruit unto God because we are doing it by him yeah. and for him and to him yeah. and he's receiving it. God takes what is in Christ and he distributes it to us. Yes. He also takes the fruit that was in us and he distributes it. Oh, no, no. You can Sometimes there'll be a person, brother or sister, that comes to your mind and you, you profit from something that they did or something that they said. That's God mm -hmm. distributing that fruit. And see, the, the brethren, though, also can see and glorify God because they can identify in others that are believers that this is the work of God in them. So it... Because we are one yeah. in Christ. If if you're in Christ and I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, how can we not be of each other? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Christ isn't divided. He doesn't have multiple bodies. He has a body. Amen. And everything that is in Christ is part of that body and by by uh, extrapolation, part of one another. So, yes. In Second um, Timothy two fifteen, it says, "Study to show thyself approved of God, a worker that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." But we come together. It, 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 whatever we have fellowship, we've had with God in His Word. And whatever he's ministered into us, if we come void of that, if we just say, well, I'm not going to study, I'll just go to the assembly and I'll get, you won't get anything from the assembly. If you don't fellowship with God, you can't just come into the assembly and say, you know, you're going to keep me alive. We, we don't keep each other alive. We edify one another. Mm -hmm. And a person's got to be able to be edified. Right. So see, if, if, if it's just like if you think I'm an island, I'm living off here by myself, and, and I'll come into the assembly, and I'll just be a benefit. You, well, you won't be a benefit. You can't. This is a living relationship that we have with God, and that makes it possible for us to have a relationship in Christ with each other. Yep. Otherwise, Christ is our empty. life. 
It's just, it's just like I, we come just to sit here and then we go home and nothing really happened anyway. If that's the case, then you're not in God. Yeah. Because um, I've been in some pretty um, uh, thin assemblies before, but because I was fellowship with God, I got something. There was something there. Somebody said something that was profitable. And even whether they intentionally did it, I don't know. But the fact is, is that if you're in God, if you're in Christ and you're, you're bounding in Him, then you can get, you can you'd be blessed just about any place. Yes. Yes. It, it, what you bring as far as your, your spiritual condition has probably as much or more to do with what you get than what is served up. So, because God, again, God is ministering to us. So, and again, Christ is our life. Your members is your mind. That's right. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. So, there are are a few uh, categories of man's uh, composition that... that, um, are particularly identifiable. One of them, and this has been bantered about by people, the will. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows that man has a will. Mm-hmm. Your dog has a will. Tell him to do something he doesn't want to do or keep him away from something he's decided he's going to have. You'll find out there is a will. Okay. But the will of man is different everything about man is there's a just like life and death there's a barrier between all of the other creation and man there's there's a difference they're not the same they are not the same Uh, God didn't breathe life into any of the other creatures just man and for a reason all right so what about this will? We know that it is of God that we both will and do of his good pleasure. So see, God has sanctified the will of man in Christ. And it was whenever Christ came. Now, he was the word with God and was God. He was equal with God. But he, he condescended, put, took on himself the nature of those that he came to save. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Well, the Father didn't do that. The whole Godhead couldn't do that. But the, the personality of the Godhead, the Word, did that. When he did... It was his will as well as the fathers and the spirits in their councils. There, there was perfect agreement. There wasn't any disagreement or conjoling somebody or trying to talk somebody into doing something or, or none of that. Yeah. But whenever he came to earth, yeah. then he expressly came to do the will of the father. Amen. Okay. Christ sanctified the will in the new creature by coming to do the will of the Father. 
And he said, uh, you know, he, he said that he only did those things and said those things which were of the Father. Yeah. Amen. And um, in, in the garden, whenever he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Yes. It wasn't because Jesus disagreed with the will of the Father mm-hmm. or objected to it, but he had that nature that was recoiling at and the he had to he knew what he was going into i mean have you ever gone in now this is a really low example i know gone into the dentist and thought okay this is going to be okay and you found out they're going to drill down to your toes and it's going to hurt hurt really bad if you'd have known that ahead of time you'd have thought twice about going but Jesus knew what was ahead of him, and he he committed to doing the will of the Father. And so this new creature created in Christ Jesus, it, it says he, he made us willing in the day of his power. He made us willing. We have sanctified wills. Yeah, the, the use of edification, exhortation, comfort, warnings, all of these things. People may think of them as primarily to get people to do something or not to do something, but they are all appeals to the will. Yeah. It's the will of man that requires this. So we, we add, see it changes how you talk. If you're of God and you're walking with the Lord and laboring with Him, you're endeavoring to focus on improving people's will. Do they desire the sincere milk of the Word? So forth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and for yourself, it'll it'll cause you to be um, quick to examine yourself. Like... um, if you off the top of your head, if if, mm-hmm. if you're kind of a witty person, you can think of all of these little retorts and everything. It makes you think before you open your mouth. Go now, is this going to represent God properly? Is this is this really necessary for people to hear this out of my mouth? And or if you're going to do something, see it keeps you in that doing everything as unto the Lord mode. Brother Justin. Jesus said, the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. That's right. And salvation is, isn't is so much as changing the brain of a person, it's changing the mind. Uh-huh. See, he's, he's given us, he hasn't, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and of a sound mind. That's see, right. See, see, if a person wants to run away from God, if they want to keep God in the background, see, God hasn't given them that. Kind of a that, that didn't come from God. See, God God gives us gives us a sound mind. See, That's right. A person can actually hold God at the highest esteem in their brain mm-hmm. and not hold Him at the highest esteem in their mind. Amen. You see, see, brain and mind are not synonymous. Amen. Brain is like intellectualizing facts and 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 prioritizing things as like technicalities and stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
Uh, a person can see a person can honor God with their lips, but see their heart can be far from Him. See? Yeah. But salvation is bringing a person to a point where they put God at the preeminent of their affection. That's right. They want Him more than anything else. They really do. Mm-hmm. If a person doesn't want God more than any anything else, how can they say they're being saved? Yeah. How can they say that they have a sound mind? You see. God's do, this is what he's doing in salvation. Yeah. And a person, see, who gives themselves mm-hmm. to the things of God intentionally, diligently, focused, and, 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 and forsakes any other competing interests. See, see it, it cultures this mind. See, we mm-hmm. have the mind of Christ. Yeah. There, yes, Brother Gibbon. There were, at the close of the, close of the scriptures, <clears throat> when he's describing... The world will come as there'll be no more pain, no more, no more, no more, no more. That's designed to make you want to go there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Because these are all these are all the things that aren't pleasant. None of none of those things are pleasant. They're kind of most of dread. And the, so I can see what the Holy Spirit's doing there. He says this, and then your will says, "I want that." Amen. Mm-hmm. In the salvation of God, it becomes very precious. Yeah. Uh, the will is is it really an expression of your nature. The nature of the new creature yeah, amen. is after the nature of God. Amen. So it's going to love the things of God. It does. I mean, it's it's not like you've got to teach the new creature to love God. It does. Amen. We do. Yes. And that's 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 how we identify ourselves. Uh, it's no more I that do it, mm-hmm. you know. And others, it's that that I would do, mm-hmm. I do not. And that he's exp- he's explaining the these uh, hindrances that these oppositions in his own flesh, but opposition to what? There's a new creature. Yeah. There's a new creature. That before the with no opposition, we were just dead. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, what? How much time do I have? Okay. Well. Then we're going to we're going to go ahead and close. Then the other two things that we were going to talk about were our thoughts and our heart, but we kind of touched on that a little bit anyway. The whole point of this was for us to think higher and broader about the work of salvation and uh, provoke us to inquire more about the great work of God. So we'll go ahead and, and close. Our Holy Father in heaven, we thank you because you are the only God, but you are a great God. There is none that compels you to goodness. You're good because you're good. Father, all of the the things that we admire as we behold thee, they are yours because that is your nature and your character and that you don't change. We can rely on uh, a continual representation of that. And we pray, Lord, now that you would grant grace to us and to your children throughout the earth as we sojourn to be 
representatives of thee by the new creature created in Christ Jesus, and that we would have uh, an increase of faith to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and to live soberly and righteously in this present evil world. We commit ourselves unto thee, and we thank you, Father, that this is not a heavy burden, but one that we, we love because we are in the yoke with your son. And Father, we know that he has gotten the victory already, and so we can look forward to an expected end. Now we ask these things in Christ's name, and thank you for the, the food that's been prepared for us and our fellowship together. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen.